WHHHFM Indianapolis. It's time to take a look at what's going on in and around Indy. It's Open Lines, your eye on the community on High 96.3. Hold up. And good morning, Indianapolis. I'm Cameron Riddle coming to you live from downtown Indianapolis. It is May 31st, 2020. This month is still somehow continuing. Ebony Chappelle, we're still going through it. We are still going through it. There is a whole lot going on. And this morning, we are taking your calls all morning long to get into it. That number is 317-239-9696. Once again, 317-239-9696. We are going to be talking to um, a good number of people in the community that have uh, been impacted and involved in this at some level. Um, we're going to hear from Black Lives Matter later on in the show. We also um, have some clips from yesterday. There were some city councilors and, and different people that were at the protest, so we're going to hear from them as well. Uh, downtown this morning, uh, looks like a storm went through it. I drove through downtown and it is incredible what we are seeing after hours of destruction last night. But Ebony, of course, yesterday started beautifully with thousands of people uh, voicing their frustration and making their emotions heard in the heart of our city. Started yeah. beautifully. Yeah, it started out in a completely different way. Um, some of the things that I would describe, I was, you know, walking through the streets during the protest, right in the thick of it, and it felt like there was just this electric energy. People were unified. It was very peaceful. Um, that's how the day went the entire time. And of course, as we saw last night, very tragically, those things took um, an awful turn in our city um, and we are going to talk about that today yeah we have uh, as you said a number of guests going to call in today Mm -hmm. and talk about um, what we saw yesterday from the time the day started well really from the time uh, that Friday night started when a lot of you saw me getting tear gas there on the corner of Illinois and Market Street Uh, there is so much to just dissect about what we saw and Um, We know you out there want to get this off of your chest, how you're feeling. So we're going to give you the chance to do that all morning long. Um, Eb, when we, before coming in here this morning, um, I drove down Pennsylvania Street and it looks like an absolute war zone right now. Um, I went past five guys, the restaurant, and it is... All the glass is broken. Uh, the um, the place has been looted. There are hamburger buns in the middle of the street. There are um, every business, I would say, at least south of Ohio Street down to at least what at Maryland Street has some sort of damage. And then as far over as the Simon Mall building over by the state capitol, there is, I don't think there's a a building untouched down there if it hasn't been broken into. Um, It's been defaced with graffiti. Um, There is, this got to a point last night where IMPD sent out an advisory saying it is unsafe Mm 
for people to be downtown if you don't live there, go home. Uh, We know that there were several shootings downtown. In fact, IMPD said um, when they were asked, do you know how many shootings there were last night? Uh, They said that how many shooting calls, that's people calling 911 about a shooting. They said they lost count. Yeah. Yeah. And on top of that, this morning, we have found that three people have been shot and killed and two others were injured as police worked multiple shootings Saturday night and then early into Sunday morning. Um, Officers responded to multiple shooting scenes throughout downtown um, there was a shooting at Alabama and New York. That video was on um, social media. There are uh, just s- so many things that we have that we're going to wake up and see today, but takes away from the beauty of what yesterday was. And yeah. and you were down on the on, on Monument Circle mm-hmm. um, as Black Lives Matter organized this beautiful and peaceful. Again, I stress peaceful protests two days in a row both friday night and saturday and then here we have late at night other people not black lives matter i don't want folks to get that twisted but you have these it's other people distinction who come down and they decide that they are going um to run the show and that's when the destruction started absolutely so you know we can't underscore the fact enough that yesterday's protest um as it was organized was extremely successful, um, not only in the eyes of the people that attended, but the city as well. Um, I saw multiple people applauding the fact that from the hours from four to about seven and even a little bit after seven, things were extremely peaceful and there were no issues downtown. Um, I was able to catch up with two first time protesters while I was down there, Um, two young women named Tiffany and Tanya from the west side of Indianapolis. They'd come down um, their very first time protesting and wanted to share their perspective um, on what happened. And um, we will go ahead and hear that clip from them. You got that clip, Ebony? Let's go ahead. Um, I'm going to get that one queued up. But in the meantime, um, just wanted to underscore again just the the positivity that was going on down there um, on the circle. It was extremely safe and we did not have a lot of issues. We didn't. And uh, we walked our entire Radio One team just jumped in and we came in because we know there was so much going on. You know, we were down there. Uh, our operations manager, Karen Vaughn, B. Swift, our um, team from uh, from from Telemundo, Tina Cosby, everybody down there to witness this. And the what folks wanted to wanted people to know was that um, they just wanted to be heard. And, yeah, you know, the, the rioting um, is, is a different story. But when it comes to just simply being heard, that's what yesterday was about, whether it was the protests or um, what they told us. And. Ebony, I don't know if you got that clip ready, but what was just the mood of of the the people they talked to? What did they tell you? So the mood of the people that were there was, again, very positive. Um, People just feeling like, you know, this is beautiful that I'm able to participate um, in this protest, you know, and to come out and let my voice be heard and feel safe about doing so. Um, That is another thing that I think is extremely important. Is for people to know that um, 
it was peaceful and there was there was so much going on that was just very, very positive and people were um, enjoying that experience. So in here in a moment, and let me know when you have those interviews, we've got we're going to get phone calls that are already starting to come in at 317-239-9696. What did you see? How are you feeling um, this morning? How are you feeling last night? How are you feeling Friday? Um, call us 317-239-9696. In a moment, we're going to talk with the organizers of Black Lives Matter. Uh, Jessica, we're going to get her dialed up here in a moment. Um, so, um, it's the, 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 the world, this is not just Indianapolis this morning. If you turn on your TV, if you've gotten on social media yet today, then you already know that there have been a number of, um, major cities that are, um, seeing fires, Grand Rapids, Michigan, an entire row of cars are on fire in Los Angeles. They are under a state of emergency this morning because there are fires throughout their city curfews that were put in. Um, there are just a, a, a number of, of cities, you name it, Atlanta, Chicago, uh, San Francisco, uh, Kansas city, Phoenix, Denver, uh, There is at least an officer that's been hurt in a protest down in Jacksonville, Florida. The viral videos of the guy trying to shoot somebody with a bow and arrow. People are tired. People are fed up and they are voicing that frustration. Unfortunately, some of it, uh, uh, much of it turned violent in the late night hours. But um, when we hear from Black Lives Matter here in just a moment, um, we're going to find out about, uh, you know, their tactics to make this a. Uh, a peaceful demonstration. Do you have those interviews up? Yeah, uh, Cameron, I am having some issues. I'm just going to be completely honest. Um, I'm having some issues getting those clips up, so I'm going to troubleshoot a different way. Um, But I did want to um, go ahead and um, talk about the fact that with the organizing, um, Black Lives Matter had a conversation um, with the mayor's office, and we're going to hear about that shortly Um, to talk about the fact that this protest was going to be organized a certain way um, just to keep people safe. So that just underscores the level of um, the level of collaboration that was happening here. So um, I'm going to go ahead and move things up then. Um, Jessica uh, is standing by from uh, Indy 10 Black Lives Matter who organized yesterday's um, protest. Jessica is on our line here this morning. Jessica, are you there? Yes. Hello. Hi, Jessica. You're live on the air this morning with Cameron and Ebony. Um, We're talking about what happened um, yesterday, which it was beautiful for all the people to get out there and, and voice their frustration. And you guys organized that not once, but two days this weekend uh, tell us how the day started for you and the conversations that you had to organize this. Okay, so the uh, day on Friday um, began with a small group of between possibly 30 to 50 people. Um, they were engaged in peaceful protest and assembly there was little to no engagement with the police. When we noticed that the police would attempt to engage us, we utilized our allies at the scene in order to create a barrier between black and brown bodies and 
the police, and we also spoke with the deputy mayor in order to de-escalate any interactions. Um, things began to grow considerably shortly before dark, and the crowd moved from Monument Circle to throughout the city. Um, the same thing happened on Saturday, except that the crowd was considerably larger um, and moved throughout the city following a demonstration at two different vantage points downtown. Yeah, Jessica, um, being down there and, and seeing what was going on, um, can you just speak to what you feel um, as an organizer, as a member of this this group that helped to put together this protest in a very strategic and cohesive way, what are you feeling right now seeing how things transitioned um, from what we experienced to what, what ended last night? Hello, Jess- Jessica. Jessica, are you still there? J- Jessica? Yes. Are you still there? Yeah, I am. Um, I'm having a little trouble hearing you all. Are you able to hear me clearly? We can hear you now. Ebony, go ahead and yeah, ask your question. Yeah, Jessica, can you hear me? Okay, I think there's a problem with her hearing me, um, uh, to he- hearing my question. She's she's going yeah. in and out. Um, okay. Jessica, um, what, um, wh- where did things change last night, and, and where did th- things change on Friday night? It's my understanding that things changed on Friday. Truthfully, from our perspective, things changed when the police began to engage demonstrators. A couple of the demonstrators did attempt to engage the police. We addressed those demonstrators, de-escalated immediately, and uh, prompted police to allow us to de-escalate the people that we were seeking to provide organizing and safety support for. Um, The police appeared to be upset and agitated on scene, blowing kisses at organizers, attempting to negotiate with people who were not a part of the organizing team, and overall just mismanaging the the relationship with demonstrators. Would you say it's other people, not just uh, that there are these other activists and whatnot who come down and who suddenly uh, are, are calling the shots and that's when things start to escalate? Because since Friday, I've been trying to make it clear to people that uh, you guys have been asking people to go home at, at Friday. It was 1030 and come back peacefully the next day. And then the same thing last night, you guys were asking folks to go home at seven and uh, things were peaceful after that. But it seems like there are these other people who blow into town or come out of nowhere and start calling shots. And that's when things go south. And Cameron, I just wanted to to piggyback on that question, because those were some of my thoughts as well. You know, watching the way that everything transpired last night, I wondered how does Black Lives Matter feel seeing, you know, what's what started off one way end in a different way and end in, in tragedy and, and death at the end of the night? 
So we're devastated, obviously. Um, it is never our intention to go to a protest or attend a demonstration and for things to escalate in the ways that they did. We stand with the people of Indianapolis. We are not here to police or limit the expression of Black grief and rage, which is what this weekend was. This weekend was not something that occurred inside of a vacuum in response to the murder of George Floyd in Minneapolis. This weekend is years of mismanagement by IMPD and city officials who have neglected to provide services to the citizens of Indianapolis. We are still mourning Christopher Goodloe. We are still mourning Eleanor Northington. We are still mourning Aaron Bailey. We are still mourning the three lives that were lost due to IMPD's killing within a span of eight hours earlier this month. And so this weekend's events are simply the sum total of that grief and people grieving those losses. We, again, are not here to police Black grief or rage. We are not here to engage in respectability politics when it comes to the ways that communities of color express themselves through demonstration or assembly. We've seen overall that the response to white citizens who are armed and are standing nose to nose with the police at state houses across the country is considerably different than black and brown citizens gathering and expressing how they feel in regards to multiple mismanagement by the police. Are you at all worried, Jessica, um, about what may happen next? Um, we've seen in some cities where they have implemented, where, where uh, protests have taken place, where they have implemented curfews for citizens um, we see other things happening days on on end of, of unrest and things in the city. Um, what are your thoughts about what may happen moving forward? It is always a concern and the possibility of arrest, serious injury or death is always something that we are thinking of as people gather. Um, we were only made aware of a curfew yesterday morning when we met with Mayor Joe Hogsett. It later came to our attention that after our meeting with Hogsett and his team, that he lied to the public and said that we agreed to disperse at 7 p.m. We want to be clear in that in the meeting, we specifically and explicitly told him that because of the crowd size, we could not guarantee that. So our focus shifted from making sure that it ended at a certain time to making sure that vulnerable populations had transportation out of the area, a safety and exit plan, and that people who remained understood that they would be facing threat of arrest or serious injury at the hands of police. We were not expecting for it to escalate in the ways that it did. We received reports of everything from IMPD firing off live shots to deter demonstrators, which is completely unacceptable, to them loading up dressed in riot gear and ambulances and deploying themselves into the downtown area. These are things that you don't normally see unless you are looking at a heavy police state. And this is what we have entered into. For years, we have asked for people to defund 
disarm and seek to dismantle the police force due to their increased budget, due to the fraternal order of police and their support of excessive force, due to the militarized weapons that they have available. And we saw the culmination of our warnings come to pass this past weekend. So did you guys also in in this meeting, so you had a meeting, but the agreements were different. And did you have a conversation with Drejan Reed's mother, uh, Dimitri Wynn, because the mayor also talked about that? My apologies. Can you repeat that, please? Did you guys have a conversation? Sounds like you had a meeting, but did you have a conversation with the mayor as well as Dimitri Wynn, the mother of Drayshawn Reed, uh, it's the the way the mayor said it yesterday in his uh, address to the city was that there was pretty much an agreement on all parties between Black Lives Matter and, you know, kind of the blessing of um, Drayshawn's mother that things would end peacefully at seven. So did you talk with her? Jessica? Yes. Yeah. Jessica, can you hear us? I'm having a little difficulty. Uh, Ebony's mic is loud and clear. Yours is not. Okay. Okay. So the question basically um, is about going back to the meeting that you all had with Mayor Hoxett. So you had this meeting. Um, there was a discussion had, and Drejan Reed's mother, um, according to the mayor, was present in that meeting as well, talking about. Um, how the how the protest would be would be conducted. Um, just wanted to clarify that there was not a specific agreement on it ending at a certain time, or with know, with yes, Drejan's with Drejan's mother specifically. Correct. Drejan's mother um, was not affiliated with any of the protests that occurred this weekend. She um, expressed her thoughts in regards to protests. She also expressed her grief in regards to losing her son at the hands of IMPD earlier this month. But she did not offer um, any authorizing standpoints on protests that occurred. We were very clear with the mayor and his team that we could not guarantee that people would be disassembled and leaving the downtown area by 7 p.m. and that our focus would shift from ending at that time to providing safety and support, as well as an exit plan to those seeking to leave the downtown area. And OK, so that more questions for for the mayor this morning, Ebony, last yeah. night. You did make some calls to the mayor's office. How did that I go? I did. Um, I have not received a response. I called, texted and uh, sent a Twitter message to um, one of his staffers, Taylor Schaefer, and have not received a response. Um, I wanted to underscore the importance of hearing from the mayor's office, um, especially right now with everything that has transpired. Um, I think, you know, I would behoove them to say something. Um, we know last night we, you know, got home and then realized that our police chief would be doing a midnight press conference to speak um, to what went on. And I know a lot of people have thoughts about um, questions that were answered and or not answered um, during that press conference as well, um, specifically about some of the force that Jessica has just described um, that was deployed. Um, I did see firsthand leaving the downtown area. Um, I actually drove into a cloud of tear gas um, 
there were several different points in the street where um, which was interesting because it was in contrast to what I saw earlier, which was very minimal um, IMPD presence. And then you go from barely seeing anybody to then moving a few hours later to seeing more police than you've ever seen in your life. Um, So I think right now we have tons of questions about how this could have been handled differently Hmm. um, from our perspectives. And again, we've tried to get the mayor uh, to come on this morning, but you did. You got a no or you didn't get a response. I did not get a response. Okay, Uh, we'll keep uh, trying to 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 get the mayor. Uh, Maybe they may. Someone's probably calling them now saying they're talking about you on the radio. So maybe (laughs) maybe someone will will check their email. But a a lot of questions before we go to a break. um, I Drayshawn's mother, Dimitri, Wynn actually did go live on um, Facebook last night to address what was going on. And it's important that we uh, share this part, because as people march through the streets of Indianapolis, they're saying Drayshawn's name. They are wearing uh, shirts with his name on it and, and signs with his name on it and chanting his name, in addition to Breonna Taylor uh, down in Louisville and George Floyd in Minneapolis. So much has happened in our um, in our own city. We've got these other things happening around the country, but uh, whether it be Mac Long or uh, a, a number of other police incidents, Mikhail Rose, Ashland, Lisby, all those things just happening in May. By the yeah. way, it's still May somehow. Um, Somehow there there is a a lot that people are upset about. And so, of course, one of the biggest things that happened was the shooting of Jerry John Reed. So um, I'm going to play a a portion of uh, Drayshawn's mother's message uh, to Indianapolis last night. And I'm going to tell you just she's kind of off mic uh, because she's back away from uh, from the camera. But this is what she said uh, in, in her address to the city on Facebook. I am Dimitri Wynn, the mother of Trajan Reed. Some people call him Sean. Um, I'm compelled to make a, this statement after being notified about the public statement by the mayor this afternoon and other statements made on my behalf. Um, the chance for my son to tell his story was taken away, but I speak for him and myself today. Um, earlier today, any 10 Black Lives Matter my attorneys, Fatima Johnson and Suare Conant, and I, we all met with the mayor of Indianapolis. Um, I was introduced to him as the mother of Drejan Reed. The mayor did not acknowledge my presence, nor did he acknowledge the murder of my son by IMGD under his watch. Instead, he told us what he wanted us to do was to give people their, he wanted to give people their space and ability to express their concerns about community police relations and that 4 to 7 p.m. Um, was a sufficient enough time to get that done. There was no negotiated agreement in the fact that the mayor was told that these protests are about more than merely community police relations. They are about the unjustified murder and the, of my son and the murder of many other black men at the hands of IMPD. Um, Additionally, he was told that three hours to express concerns about years of repression and murder at the hands of IMPD would not not likely be sufficient. He was also apprised of the abuse of protesters that they endured last night by the hands of IMPD as well, which was undoubtedly the cause of all the escalation. 
Um, he refused to acknowledge his role in the years of oppression of black people at the hands of IMPD. Um, the same callous attitude that he had that was present in the officers that killed George Floyd, that, that's present in IMPD. may not be everybody, but it's present. We saw that when one of your own IMPD officers laughed standing over my son's body. I saw that personally when I was at the scene of my son's murder. I got there and I was lied to from the time I got there. No one told me the truth. They told me he was on the way to the hospital. When they knew he was laying in the grass. I have expressed so much and I've experienced so much these, these, of these lives over the last 24 days. And I've been lied to again and again. I've been lied to by the coroner's office, the mayor's office, IMPD. The mayor himself even claims to know nothing about this case, including the identity of the, of the shooters, of the officers. Nobody knows. Maybe that's true because the mayor doesn't seem to even know my son's name. You called him Sean today. There's going to be any healing for the community or myself. Somebody's got to tell the truth. You have to tell the truth. I know the IMPD cannot tell the truth because they just won't. When I hear the things that IMPD says about my son, I know that I would be foolish like to trust anybody who have with a history of just, just lying and closing the ranks to protect their own. I will not stop telling people start. I won't tell people to stop protesting. That's what you wanted me to say today. I would not tell them to go home. They're adults and they are responsible for themselves. I understand their pain and their anger. I, that pain and anger has been amplified by the lack of the truth. If you tell the truth, sometimes it works for you. I demand an account of what happened that day from start to finish. I want to know what happened to my son. This needs to be done by an agency other than IMPD because IMPD is the one who started it. I demanded the Marion County Coroner's report that I've been asking for daily. I went down there and asked and you still can't produce it. I want it released immediately. It should be. I demand that if these things that you say about my son are true and you've come up with everything possible you can think of, prove it. Tell the truth. Tell the truth like the laws that you were sworn to protect every single day. It sounds like his Facebook, Facebook Live video told more than the truth than you are right now. Let the evidence present itself because if you're trying to tell the truth, if you're telling the truth, then stop lying to me. You're lying. And I see it more than you know. One thing I do have to say, though, is I thank every single person in this community, the ones that have been supporting myself and my family, and those that are still looking through the eyes of IMPD. I promise you, I have no reason to lie to you. They are lying through their teeth. They're lying in every conference. They talk to me prior to the conference. 
They want to see what I'm saying before the conference, and then they have a conference. You want to help out? Let's go. Call the coroner's office. Tell them to release the coroner's report. Why are you holding it? Tell them to release it. Call them. Make sure they get it done. They claim it was done already. Do it. Call the mayor's office. Tell them there needs to be an independent investigation. The independent investigation needs to be completed by somebody that is not involved with IMPD. How do you investigate yourself? You can't. Make sure you follow any 10 Black Lives Matter and get involved with this effort. Because if we don't do it, we're just as wrong as they are. Thank you again, everyone, for listening to me. Please be safe. Please be safe. And as well, keep your cameras on. And that is yes. Dimitri Wynn. That is the mother of Drayshawn Reed. Um, and as you pointed out, uh, as she pointed out, um, and that you've heard me say from the beginning, his name is Dre Sean Reed, not Sean Reed. Yeah. It's not like when people call her son Sean Reed. Jessica, um, I hope you were able to hear um, what um, his uh, his mother said, Miss Wynn said. Um, what did you think after hearing that? Jessica, are you there? I am. You are. Okay. It seems like we're still having some technical difficulties, but we are going to work through it because this is important. Um, Jessica, we hope you were able to hear um, that clip with uh, Miss Dimitri Wynn, um, the mother yeah. of Drayshawn Reed. Um, just palpable, you know, the energy there and what it is that she was sharing. What are your thoughts and reflections on hearing what it is that she had to say? So Miss Dimitri is still mourning the loss of her son at the hands of IMPD. Um, and we mourn that loss with her. Our hearts break with her. We stand with her and we support what it is that she is saying 110%. We cannot stress to people enough that the onus does not belong on citizens for expressing their rage and grief. The onus is on local elected officials as well as the police force and the fraternal order of police. This is not a riotous or escalated response in regards to one occurrence in Indianapolis. This is a response to years of mismanagement by the city, years of being lied to by the police force, and years of just a breakdown in community relations and service. We have reached a point where we are past reform for the police. We are seeking to disarm defund and completely dismantle the police force because they have shown that they are not interested in serving everyone who is a part of the community. They are simply interested in protecting private property, capitalist interests, and carrying out the murderous charges of their chief of police. Yeah. And you know what? One of the things Cameron and Jessica that I'm thinking about right now is sort of the, the deja vu we caught some of the names earlier, uh, Mac Long, Aaron Bailey. You know, we're talking about Dre John Reed right now. But another one that I want to throw out there is Michael Taylor. Um, I remember covering the anniversary 
of his death and Mm -hmm. sitting with his brother and talking to him. And that same energy was there that we're hearing um, Mm -hmm. from Miss Dimitri Wynn is I've been lied to. The city was not honest with me. The Mm -hmm. mayor wasn't honest. A, B, C, and D down the line. These people were not honest with me. This is why we're upset. This is why there's an uprising. So it really feels like we're living in a different version of that moment once again. And now the city, which traditionally and historically has been pretty calm when it comes to protest, we have Mm -hmm. not burned up like other cities. People love to talk about April 4th, 1968. And now Indianapolis didn't, you know, catch on fire like the rest of the country. And last night we saw that that is not the case. Um, yeah. Jessica, um, I don't I don't know if you can hear me this time. If not, Ebony can repeat the question. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, you can hear me now. I can. Thank uh, God. Uh, okay. <laughs> I, I didn't really do anything, but um, uh, just weird things happening in the, in the studio today. Um, Jessica, w- being that we just heard Drayshawn's mom and callers, I'm coming to you right after this question. Um what happens today? It doesn't sound like you guys are satisfied or happy um, with what has happened over the past 24 hours. I think you guys are should you should be impressed with um, the the peaceful protest because you had every shade of Indianapolis show up to support mm-hmm. in one way or another. But from the the sound of Drayshawn Reed's mother, um, what the. She she is echoing why people were marching and protesting because they are asking for justice and um, answers in the investigation that's going on um, a month long now. So the question to you, as as she there gave the endorsement to Black Lives Matter and Indy 10, what happens next? What happens tonight? Absolutely. So we are calling because of the heightened uh, militarized police response to the downtown area. We are asking that citizens stay home. Um, Please understand that if for whatever reason you decide to assemble downtown and protest, that you risk arrest um, for inciting a riot, which is a felony, as well as serious injury or death. Our priority is community safety above all of these things. We are accountable to our community, and our hope is that no one else is injured at the hands of IMPD. We are currently working on a week of action that is going to include everything from phone calling the mayor's office, chief of police, and the coroner's office, to talking in different areas around the city. Uh, We ask that people start to shift their focus from direct action following us as we make more strategic steps to get justice for not only Drayvon Reed, but so that we can feel that our voices are being heard. You know, people love to quote um, MLK, and one of the quotes that have been circulating the past few days Mm -hmm. is that a riot is the language of the unheard. And I think that the city saw that this weekend because you have refused to meet with the families of people who have been killed at the hands of IMPD, because you have refused to defund your militarized police force because you have refused to take accountability and responsibility for the ongoing deaths and handling of brown and black citizens in Indianapolis, you saw unrest from people who have been unheard for so long. It is the city and IMPD's responsibility to listen to their citizens as this happens, when it happens, and to explain 
express compassion as well as clear action steps on how they intend to move forward. We are tired of being lied about. We are tired of being lied to. And frankly, there will be no satisfaction until the officers' names are released. We receive a coroner's report and we seek justice for Drajon Reed. This is not something that we are interested in participating in. And just for a weekend, we understand that the Montgomery bus boycott took 381 days in order for change to occur. And we are prepared to stand with Drajon's mother and the families of other people whose lives have been lost at the hands of police for the long term. And so, so if you are fired up and ready to go, we invite you to stand with us as we prepare for our week of action. So will there be a protest today? We are discouraging people from uh, protesting today because of the heightened militarized police response that we saw last night. Do not assemble downtown for any reason today. You risk being arrested for a felony, for inciting a riot, and or serious injury or death. Do not assemble downtown today. And and I and I said that was the last question because um, I, I, I we got tons of callers here, but yeah. just just real quick, real quick. So when it comes to conversations with the city, is there an ongoing conversation? I I, I guess I'm I these are questions we we want to ask to the mayor, but is there? You you guys had a conversation yesterday, but it sounds like what was told to the public as far as what was agreed on is not quite accurate on your guys's end but you are asking people not to protest today we're asking people not to protest today and the mayor um, and the chief of police have lied about their interactions with Indian black lives matter and the families who are still mourning the deaths of their loved ones at the hands of police all Thank right. you, Jessica. This will be, of course, an ongoing conversation. So many, so many different things to get into. Jessica Louise with Indy 10 Black Lives Matter. Thanks for spending uh, the start of the morning with us. And thank you all for allowing people to do what they have the right to do, which is to peacefully assemble. And that happened for much of the day, not just Friday, but on Saturday. So twice you brought out the city. Indianapolis doesn't come out like that. No, they don't that protest, was different. But that, yeah. was, that was beautiful. So thank yeah. you. That you People have the right to do that. It's in the Constitution and you help make that happen. So thank you. Yes, thank absolutely. you. Absolutely. Thank right. you all for this platform. Absolutely. All right. Let's, uh, let's move to uh, our first phone calls uh, from some uh, folks who have been standing by this morning. Uh, obviously, folks have a lot to get off of their chest. We're going to do this as long as we really need to, because uh, if if you missed our description at the top of the show, downtown looks like a war zone. If it wasn't uh, beat up on Friday night, they got to it last night when I went past um, five guys at the corner of Pennsylvania and Washington Street. It is not only smashed in, but it is looted. There are hamburger buns and you name it in the middle of Pennsylvania Avenue. Pennsylvania Avenue was hit hard last night. Two banks were broken into. There were fires set in both of those banks before other protesters put them out. It looks rough downtown today. And yeah. so we continue to uh, bring the emotion that you guys have to the air um, as, as people uh, want to vent, want to grieve and and have an opinion on what's happening across the world and especially in our city. Let's go to the caller on line one right now. Caller, you're live on the air. Who's this? Hey, how you doing, guys? Uh, Ebony and Sharon, uh, <laughs> this is Brother Motep. And, uh, Hello, Ebony, you, have some, you all have very interesting tweets. I, I, I must tell you, I, I love reading 
you all's information. People, please follow these. Uh, I don't like that word, follow. Read and interact with these two people on social media. You'll, you'll, you'll get a lot of backstory that you may not get anywhere else. I had some other things to say, but after listening to Mrs. Uh, Reed talk, this is what we're talking about. When I questioned you last week about our colleagues talking about trusting the police and not holding the police accountable, you just heard everything I meant right there from that woman, what she said. Now, I'll leave that at that. Going to protest, and I know you're going to get a few Trump lovers that's going to call in. But I went through and remember, I remember Tiananmen Square. I remember my buddy had just left Germany when they toppled Germany. Look at those people. If people tell you that change is a nice, peaceful thing, it is not. What happened in Tiananmen Square is talked about and taught in college classes. What happened in Berlin and the toppling of the Berlin Wall is taught in high school and college classes. What happened in the 60s and the bombings of churches and the L.A. riots and Cleveland and everywhere else is taught in high school and college classes. Change will not happen nicely. I drove through downtown for uh, a little bit yesterday around 4.30, 4.30. It was peaceful. It was. I circled through and came back out and stopped at a gas station, and I'll be done. Heard some young folks say that they were fired up and they were going to go down, and, and they were going down unarmed, actually, and, and unarmed. But I, I do like uh, Jessica's point. What's the difference? This I'll leave with this. I keep asking. What's the difference when a majority white mob of men and women show up with ARs and AKs, and yet they can push and slap cops around in Sacramento, Michigan, everywhere else, and yet when black folks' issues are addressed, that same thing doesn't happen. And then be on the watch for the anarchists infiltrating, helping to make things worse. And, and, uh, but it's got to happen. It's got to get worse yeah. before it gets better. It's got to happen. Thank nice you, Ann. Thank right. you, Ann. Let's keep going to the callers right. uh, this morning. 317-239-9696. 317-239-9696. Caller on line two. Good morning. That is you. You are live on the air. What's your name? What's on your mind? Hey, how you doing, guys? Uh, this is DJ Bigo 317. Um, what, what's on my mind is, uh, first of all, the uh, Black Lives Matter movement, Miss Jessica, I salute you. I came downtown the last two days. Uh, you know, uh, it, was, it, it was on point. Um, no problem. It was just when the sun went down, it was a whole different demographics that showed up. It was people in black hoodies. Uh, I don't want to take this out in left field, but the people uh, in black hoodies uh, uh, wearing glasses and masks with their backpacks with gallons of milk. These are professional riders that, that came out there and they, I watched them break windows, break into places, and what it did it, it, it excited our youth, our young black men and women that was out there. They got excited when they seen a white person breaking into our businesses downtown Indianapolis. And, 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 it, and it shocked me. And then next thing you know, I see our kids, our youth going in there, and they, they was looting the business. And they, and they was proud that they was doing it. They was following these people in. I was watching the people tag our buildings downtown, the Capitol building, along Pennsylvania Avenue, and, and to see that. And, and I'm sitting there like, okay, I didn't see none of us, black or brown, tagging these, these, these properties. Everybody I've seen was, again, I hate to you know, make it seem what it was, but it was white people not from Indianapolis at all. Because I, when I left Indianapolis yesterday, 
about 8 o'clock, I was in Louisville. Same thing happened in Louisville. Louisville had, had the military out. They had the interstates blocked off, so people couldn't walk on the interstate. I ended up getting into a confrontation with these people, a physical confrontation that almost put me in jail in Louisville last night because I had to tell them people, hey, man, who are you? One person was smart enough, and they opened their mouth and said, we're part of what is called a black block, B-L-O-C. They're anarchists, just like the brother that was just on the phone before me said. They go all around the country in major cities that's been experiencing inner, inner problems with, with city government, and, and, and they, they, they prey on the weak, the vulnerable, which is our youth, okay, because the Friday Black Lives situation and Saturday, early, in it peacefully, no problem. Once after 6, 30, 7 o'clock, the sun went down. But, see, IMPD was already agitated. I seen it from the first day. They, they was totally unprepared. All it right. wasn't ready. And, and they got physical with these people. And it shouldn't have been that way. All right. Thank, thank you so much. I appreciate you calling in this morning. Thank you. Thank let's, you. let's keep going. Caller on line three. Caller, you're live on the air this morning. Good morning. Hello, caller on line three. You're live. Uh, I just wanted to say that it it makes me not just listening and, you know, hearing people. I don't think that, you know, the black people or even white should have went down there angry. They should have been, you know, getting justice. But instead, they went down there, downtown, tearing up, you know, what we've built in Indianapolis. You see what I'm saying? And it, it's it's disgusting. Like, it really is. It really is. It's sad that to even hear people downtown, you know, doing destructive things instead of actually getting justice for what the police did to our people. All right. So that's all I have to say. All right. Thank you for your call. Thank you so much. Caller on line one, good morning. You're live on the air. How are you feeling this morning? Good morning. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. I just want to say it's a lot going on. Um, it's May. Four black men have been killed. And this is what happened when you divide the country. Chaos. Like, I was listening to you um, yesterday with B. Smith. B. Smith, and you ain't got injured just trying to do your job on an everyday basis. I work on post office. I do mine every day. But this has been going on for so long. I was looking at the post shine bill. His daughter just graduated high school. That's just mm-hmm. a blessing that she was able to come through and get her education in the picture. She's still smiling, but she's the same thing that happened. All right. And I yeah. just want to thank y'all for being here every Sunday, and I work, and I make sure I set my alarm to get up. So just thank you. All right. Appreciate well, we appreciate it. that. Thank you so much. Yeah. Be careful out there. Me too. All right. Uh, caller on line three. Callers are coming in nonstop. 317 317- uh, 239-9696-239-9696. Caller online, too. Good morning. You're live on the air. What's on your mind? Hi, good morning. I was wondering, <clears throat> first question is, how do we get involved with the Black Lives Matter uh, mm-hmm. movement? And secondly, um, as far as the looting goes and all that, I know that that's a byproduct of anger that people are feeling, but um, it takes away from the narrative uh, that we're trying to express um, you have people who are legitimate, and then you got you know these opportunists 
um, you know, looting and, and tearing up brick and mortar buildings, which takes away from the narrative because everybody starts focusing on how terrible the city is and how bad it's being torn up instead of focusing on the lives that were lost. Thank yeah. you. Thank right. you, caller. Um, wanted to go ahead and let you know um, how to get involved with uh, Indy 10 Black Lives Matter. They are on social media. Um, you can search Indy 10 Black Lives Matter on Facebook, um, Twitter, and Instagram. Their email address is Indy 10 People. So that's I N D Y the numbers one and zero people at gmail.com. Um, they are always looking for volunteers. That's one thing that I will say. Um, and there are there are multiple ways to get involved, uh, even going back to the issue with, you know, those that wanted to come down and loot and whatnot. Um, as the organizers shared earlier, as Jessica shared earlier, that is not what they encourage or are even looking to do. Um, and there are, are multiple ways to get involved in this if you choose to. All right, yeah. uh, we've got a couple of minutes. We got we got we're going to take one more call before we get into the nine o'clock hour today on um, Hot ninety six three. We're going to continue this conversation because, uh, as you can see, the phone lines are blowing up. We're going to continue yeah. into the next hour on Hot ninety six three. If you are listening to us right now on one hundred six point seven WTLC at nine o'clock, we will join Al Sharpton, who is going to take us across the country and uh, continue to show us how the pictures are looking from the other major cities and what the national conversation is. That's going to happen at 9 o'clock on 106.7 WTLC. So check and see what station you're listening on. If you don't know, this show is on two stations at the same time. Uh, We're going to continue the local conversation about what's happening in Indianapolis so you can get this off of your chest, so you can reflect, so we can uh, continue to let the emotion flow because uh, the, the world and the city has so much to um, to talk about, and I know you do as well. So on Hot 96.3, 963-FM on your radio, switch over, stay with us as we go into the 9 o'clock hour. Before we go to that, let's get one more quick caller before we go uh, to a quick commercial break. Caller on line 3, good morning. You're live on the air. Good morning. I'm Karen, living right here in Indianapolis. Hey, how are you? How are you? Good, good. Good, good. I just want to say that, um, first of all, I think tearing up all these businesses, I think it's not doing anything. It's not going to do no good. It's been going on for over four years. Every time, you know, the police comes and kills somebody and all that other stuff, it just don't do nothing. So I think everybody, for one, needs to go home. But if you're going to sit there and give your voice and all that stuff, only be in front of these IMPD. Only be in front of these um, the PD departments because there's no point in marching the whole city and um so another thing i see this morning from last night protests around the world people were um attacking civilians with the stupid great matters life um make america great again had on all this other stuff that's fine i don't care what you do really but i just think it's sad that we can attack the civilians but we can't attack these cops I'm not saying just go attack the cops, not at all. But when you see a freaking cop with a freaking knee to the neck, y'all should attack them cops, straight up. 
that's all I got to say. And I'm just saying, quit being scared of these police and quit trying to take things out on other businesses and other civilians. That's yeah, well, th- thank you so much for your call, Karen. Um, we are going to go ahead and go to break. Um, you're listening to Open Lines here on 106.7 WTLC. And yes, before. Yeah, yeah there, 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 there's a lot. Oh, uh, but yeah. before we move, uh, as I said, we're going to continue this conversation into the nine o'clock hour here on Hot 96.3. So uh, on at nine o'clock on WTLC on 106.7 Al Sharpton is coming up with the hour of power taking us across the country on what is happening. Uh, we're going to continue to take callers at 317-239-9696 as open lines continues for an additional hour in nine at nine o'clock on Hot 96.3. I'm Cameron Middle with Ebony Chappelle. We'll be back after this. WHHHFM Indianapolis. It's time to take a look at what's going on in and around Indy. It's Open Lines, your eye on the community on High 96.3. Hold up. And good morning, Indianapolis. It is 9 o'clock on May 31st. Good morning to you after waking up through a crazy night in the city. I'm Cameron Riddle. Ebony Chappelle here. And yes, Cameron, it was... A, a crazy evening indeed, exhausting, troubling, traumatic, um, um, all the different things you can think of. We just finished talking with Jessica Louise, who is um, the spokesperson for Indy 10 Black Lives Matter, um, speaking to what happened yesterday that started out very, very peacefully and, of course, took a tragic turn later on in the evening. So um, a- a- as as she said there, uh are still some disconnects with um, what they as organizers are wanting. Apparently they've had conversations with the mother of Drejan Reed, who people are out there protesting. And, and according to them, they're, they are on different pages. Yeah, We here have reached out to the mayor's office last night. Yes, we reached out to the mayor's office last night um, and have not received a response yet. So um, I'm just going to say it, you know, I think that we should hear from them immediately like that is a conversation that needs to happen ASAP there was a lot that came up in that conversation with Jessica about um, the disconnects that are there that you just pointed out we also heard that clip that you played with Jean Reed's mother so many disconnects the city is destroyed we are we're experiencing so so much right now and we really really need to hear from him and there's some accountability that needs to be taken for where we move forward when it comes to all of this well i think one of the things um that the question remains is okay so what happens next and that's where um as um as jessica said there won't be um, protest today. Again, they're asking mm-hmm. people not to go and assemble today in downtown Indianapolis, but she says they are planning a week of action. So this does not sound like it is over. Mm-hmm. And so and and she's saying it is because um, they are are in in her words, she says the mayor is is not being truthful about what's going on. Drejan Reed's mother is still asking for transparency in the um in the investigation. So it sounds yeah. like if things may only come to a, a stop with the protesting when 
they get those type of answers. Yeah, yep, when their demands are met. Um, and so I, that's why we want to hear from the from the mayor's folks to acknowledge um, that, OK, yeah, we hear this and this is what we're working on. And here's what's going to happen, because if it doesn't, uh, the, this week of action is coming and these protests could continue. And we even mm-hmm. but we what we know is that even when the the intentions are good with protests, when the sun goes down, the clowns come around. And that's yeah. when there is destruction in our city that we are seeing tonight. Pennsylvania uh, Street, downtown Indianapolis is absolutely torn up from the Five Guys restaurant to the two banks that are on the corner window smashed out last night. There were um, uh, fire set inside of those banks before protesters came and put out the fires. There uh, are, were cars set on fire. There were mm-hmm. dumpsters set on fire. Of course, Indianapolis has its own set of issues, but this comes on a night where uh, uh, dozens of other majors, major cities across the country also protested. So when it comes to ending it here, that's where we turn back to our city leaders mm-hmm. now. We've heard from the mother of who people are protesting for. We heard from the protest organizers. We have asked the city to jump on with us. We've got a big audience here uh, of folks listening uh, every Sunday morning, as you've heard, who want to know what's happening in our city. And I'm sure we're not the only folks asking. I'm sure the other media outlets in town are asking what happens today. I don't know if, if they plan for us to wait till later this afternoon to hear it. But when you wake up to your city, we looking the way it does right now. Yep. Uh, I think folks would, would like to know sooner than later business owners especially especially and one thing that i did want to underscore there in terms of the amount of destruction downtown is you know what it is what you just described looks like a war zone there are other areas of town that experienced uh similar things as well we had speedway there was a a a shoe store in speedway that um had been destroyed you had people get inside lafayette square mall um setting fires inside circle center mall um there was just things happening all over the city so there's a lot that people have on their minds, a lot that took place. Um, yeah. So going on. Uh, as what Jessica, what I got from that is, is even with that, they know people saw them and, but I don't know if they, I think they feel um, heard whereas they saw it, but maybe not listened to mm-hmm. when, when they say they are having these conversations, but they're still, on disconnecting pages. And so while we're not expecting everything to be solved today, the point of this show is to have that conversation um, so that people in Indianapolis can know, okay, what happens next from our leadership Mm -hmm. and business owners want to know that how does this end or do I need to board up my business for the rest of the week with this week of action coming questions we want to ask to the mayor as we go to these callers at uh, 239-9696. Uh, we're coming to you in a just just a second, mm-hmm. um, but we're coming to you, Ebony. While we play some sound from yesterday, I want to ask yeah. you to just send another email Absolutely. to Taylor Schaefer at the mayor's office or someone at IMPD, letting them know we really, really want to hear from them. The city is asking this because there is more action coming um, because there's, there appears to be some kind of disconnect. And I just want them, if they don't want to come on, that's fine. But I want to be abundantly clear mm-hmm. that we have asked um, for them to come on and, and address this. They don't have to get have everything solved. But uh, if they could address that, yes, city folks, 
uh, people listening to this show and people out there protesting. We're here. You we're coming up with a plan. We don't have the answers yet, but it's coming. It might come Tuesday. It might come Wednesday. But this morning, uh, we we need to hear from some of you can just send yes. another just. Absolutely. So we're abundantly clear here what we're what we've been trying to do. Uh, yeah, there's three three pieces of this story right now. And we've heard from two of the three. While you do that, uh, let me play um, uh, some sound from city councilors who were there. Um, because as as the city came out, I said it was people of all different shades. Um, we also had elected officials there. We're trying to get the mayor on right now, but we did have uh, members of the city county council, state legislature uh, who yeah. were down and protesting. And, and I've actually got a list of who was down there. And so I want uh, to acknowledge them because this is a divisive. It can be a divisive issue or it can be a unifying issue. And the uh, the elected officials who were down there chose uh, to make it a unifying issue. So we'll acknowledge them here in a moment. But Ebony got to have a conversation with one of the city county councilors uh, in downtown Indianapolis during the protest. Let's listen to that. Councilor Robinson, President Osley, what brought you guys down here today? Uh, to support our community and our protesters, let them know that we support them 100% in their right to peacefully protest. Don't shoot. Don't shoot. Don't shoot. What about you, President Osley? It was the same. We were down here. Basically, every counselor who was able to be down here is down here to show that collectively we support our protesters to protest safely, you know, in our community, in our city, um, and to show that we stand behind them in this. We've got 400 years built up, pent up, and we feel it. And we want them to know that we feel it. Um, our, only, our only request is that we do this in a peaceful and constructive manner, and that we don't distort the message with violence, which then becomes the story. We have got to eradicate racism and bias and inequity, and that's our job. Absolutely. So as you just heard, that was um, our city council president, Vop Osley. Um, he was walking alongside Councillor Leroy, Leroy Robinson um, right in the crowd in the mix with everyone else that was um, protesting yesterday. What started as a very peaceful protest, some of the other people I ran into in the crowd. Um, we had Pastor Jeff Johnson um, from Eastern Star, uh, the second, excuse me, Pastor Jeff Johnson, the second, um, Lakeisha Jackson and Maggie Lewis also of the city council. Uh, City County Council, Dr. David Hampton, our deputy mayor, and a slew of other community leaders that were out there um, for what started out in the day as a very peaceful protest. Yeah. And um, Drew Anderson, who works for uh, City County Councilor Allie Brown, also sent us uh, a a bit of a short list of of folks who he wanted us to know who were out there. And that was, as you said, Vop Osley, Maggie Lewis, Allie Brown herself, and Keith Potts, not to mention some of the other people that Ebony just uh, named off who she interacted with and and who she saw. Um, Ebony has sent off that that email, and I have received a response um, oh. to my email, my tweet, my text, um, and the response is uh, not what we would have hoped. Um, quote from Taylor Schaefer: Hi, Ebony. My guess is that we will have a virtual media availability around eleven fifteen. Um, I'm assuming that that means today. Um, 
speaking back to what we've been discussing this morning, some of the things that we've heard from Black Lives Matter, from the callers, from the mother of Dre John Reed, who was the um, focus of yesterday's protest right here in the city of Indianapolis, um, quite inflammatory, lots of issues. They're saying that there has been some things um, that have not been true um, that have been said uh, by the mayor and the um, Department of Police on air about their interactions. Um, they are lamenting the fact that there's not been enough transparency. Dre John's mother mentioned that she has called um, the coroner's office on a daily basis to get that report and has not received it, um, has been told that no one knows the names of the officers or they are refusing to release them. Um, so it's just a, a ton that is going on and people really, really want these answers. All right. So I'm going to give you a preview of what I'm thinking for for the week as Ebony and I usually discuss what we're going to have on the show. But when we have our midweek conversations, it's usually thrown out the window because something happens after. But yes. <laughs> I think what it's my understanding that when the coroner report is released, it won't be released to the city or to the um, uh, the if it is released to the city and the IMPD, they may get it. But it can only be released by Drayshawn's family yes. and his attorney. So uh-huh. uh, I'm saying that to say we'll have to reach out to uh, their attorney, Fatima Johnson, uh, either this week on the air or you'll you'll see it overall on the stuff on Channel 6 uh, to see just how does this end? What's the next step? It doesn't sound like yeah. we're making progress, according to Black Lives Matter and um, uh, Dimitri Wynn. But as Ebony has just informed us, she got a response from the city who says they will be having a press conference this morning at 11 a.m. Let's go to the phone calls. Um phone lines right now, 317-239-9696, to continue to talk to you about how you're feeling about this, what do you want the mayor to say, how you're feeling about last night, how you feel about tomorrow, how you feel about Friday. Let's go to callers on line one. Caller, good morning. You're live on the air. Hello, caller. Gone once, gone twice. All right, moving on. Caller on line two. Good morning. You're live on the air. Hello? Hey, yes, you're live on the air. Good morning. Hey, how you guys doing today? We're all right. We're all right. All right. Cam and Eb. Hello, Eb. This is Juwan. Hey, is this my stepfather? (laughs) (laughs) This is crazy. Thank you, Dad, for calling in. What's going on? What's on your mind? Well, what's on my mind is, you know, I've been really paying attention to, you know, a lot of stuff and then really listening to Miss Jessica and uh, Deshaun's mom, Mark. And in the end, what really needs to happen is is for the mayor's office, please just stand up and actually admit what is going on. Across the country, instead of this violence fighting back with each other and all this other stuff, no one condones the fact that individuals are looting and burning things up and tearing things up. No one condones that. But we have to really realize the fact that in the end, what individuals are experiencing are police officers who are doing things to other people. And the flip side of that is it's reciprocated now. Mm-hmm. You know, people are tired. They're tired of being pushed around, pumped, and beat down by these police officers. So now they're reacting to what's going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, case, in, case in point, and I'm just going to make this real quick. Um, my 26-year-old son, he gets pulled over a vehicle that 
was mine. It was a vehicle that I owned. had the tags on it that was legit. The police officer pulled him over and said that the tags weren't legit. Lie number one. He had driver's license. The police officer said, oh, it didn't show up in, the, in um, his computer. Lie number two. Now, I'm on the phone with my son when all this is going on. So what ends up happening is messing up someone's life. They take him. They arrest him. He's in the car with his girlfriend, his, his kids, and the girlfriend's stepfather. Next thing you know, as they're locking him up, another sheriff walks up and says to him, you know, I would have never locked you up for this particular incident. Mm. They let the girlfriend who does not have driver's license, she does not have driver's license down. They let her drive the car that supposedly has bad driver's license plates on it. They let her drive it home. They Mm. take him and they lock him up because he had a prior offense. Wow. These are these are things that are going on that police don't care about who you are. It's all about their authority over you. Mm-hmm. And the result of that is now what's happening right now across the country. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Thank you for calling so, in, Dad. Definitely right. appreciate okay. it. Love you. All right. I uh, love you, too. Y'all take care. You all right. Too. Thank you. All right. Uh, caller on line three. Good morning. You're live on the air. Hello? Yes, you're live on the air. What's your name? What are you thinking? How are you feeling this morning? Yeah. yeah uh, my name is Augustine Weir, and uh, I just make a few comments. There's nothing new. It's the same old, same old thing. I wanted the, the, the freedom fighter in the United States. A gentleman, gentleman by the name of Dr. Martin Luther King, and and uh, he said in America doesn't address racial injustice. Soon there will be chaos, unrest, disaster. They got been dumped, uh, dead for six years, and that's going. On. All I want to tell Professor is, people, we're going to find the people that come from out of state to cause, you know, peaceful demo- uh, demonstration. To look violent just to make black people look bad. I'm yeah. black too. I, I face I face this. I face this with the police. I've been arrested, and thank God I have just I mean good judges that said, "All right, you can go." So so I'm just saying, you know, we need to embrace all to the all the protesters is guaranteed by the Constitution. We all learn it in college. It's guaranteed we can. First, protest for our rights. So let them do nonviolent, like Indira Gandhi did in India, and the first person that did that was Jesus Christ. He, he had the power to just burn. I mean, I don't care if you believe it or not, but I, I know I'm a Christian, and I know that he, he, he could have strike all the people with lightning. He didn't do that. He was nonviolent. Mm. And he accepted, and he died. Yeah. Well... Dr. King also died too, and Dr. King could grab in, you know, the Jesus for the black people liberation mm-hmm. in America. Mm-hmm. So, so that's why I want to add. I just want to acknowledge protesters. I I didn't go out there yesterday because I I, I my, my mind was telling me that something like that was going to happen. Mm-hmm. So, wow. so you know, I I want to acknowledge our our black people to, you know, demonstrate peacefully. Mm-hmm. 
peaceful protest. That's, that's all we need. All right. Thank you so much for calling. And let's go to another call, Ebony, before we go to uh, some of the sound from protesters that we talked to yesterday. Caller on line one. Good morning. You're live on the air. That's me. I'm line one. Yes, you are line one. Good morning. Good morning. Man, I am so sick of hearing everybody like the guy just called. He wants a peaceful demonstration. And then he alluded to uh, Jesus. Well, they killed Jesus. You know I mean, sooner or later, you got to fight back. You can't keep being the dog that's getting whipped and, and put up in a corner and not bark back and fight back. So our uh, earlier caller had said, what's the difference between the white guys who carry the AR-15s and the AK-47 and go in there? And, well, the reason did not happen just as much as the other people. So if you're going to go to war, you got to be prepared to go to war. It's going to be casualties. So what Black America got to realize is we having casualties all the time anyway. Mm. I tell my son, hey, man, dig this. You got to know how to act with the police just to get home. Why do America don't tell their kids not like that? Because it ain't about just getting home. They privileged. They entitled. Well, sooner or later, we can, the, the biggest travesty to me of the uh, George Floyd killing, and Lord have mercy, anytime a grown man calls for his mama, and his mama yeah. is dead. The yeah. man was going through something. Mm. But the biggest travesty was that the FBI came and we we doing this peacefully. We waiting. We want justice. We want all that. They came and they needed more witnesses. The whole world just witnessed it. It's a tribute in Germany on the. They painted a mural of George Floyd, George Floyd on the wall in Germany. How can everybody realize it, but white America ain't realize it? Wow. And that's all I got to say, man. It, it, it's going to change, but change is coming with a, uh, with weaponry. All right. Thank you so Thank much for you. calling in this morning. Change definitely does look different. Uh, and and the, the way people are voicing it definitely looks different. We've never, it's, I won't say never, uh, we've had uh, riots and protests simultaneously all across the country before, but mm-hmm. never really like this. No, this feels very, very different, Cameron. And I think it's because it's so close to us. Like we can literally touch it. We could walk outside of our building right now and see the effects of that. And that's different for Indianapolis. One thing that um, just to kind of put, you know, it into a historical perspective, traditionally, our city has not been that type if it even got to the point where it was going to turn into uh, something a little bit more hectic and chaotic, it got squelched. And, you know, that's another conversation for another day for why that is the way it is. But last night was something different. Um, You had people coming out that had never protested before. I was able to speak to two first time protesters yesterday and I, I just had to stop and talk to them like you've never come to a protest before. Why now? Especially that this was Saturday night. So they had seen Friday night and what happened. And that didn't deter them. That inspired them and made them want to come out and participate for themselves. Um, So those two young women, uh, Tanya and Tiffany from the West Side. And here is my talk with them. Give me your name and what side of town you're representing. I'm Tiffany. I'm from the West Side of town. All right. And Tiffany, this is your first ever protest. What inspired you to come out today and to bring your family? Um, I've seen a lot of things on social media. I've seen a lot of things of the news. And it just seems like that everything was all negative. So 
Um, I wanted to come out here, see for myself, not just to run into anything negative, but if it was negative, just bring some positive light to it because you know how media in, can misconstrue a lot of things. Yeah, that's real. That's real. What are your thoughts on some of the things that led up to this, like the police brutality and other things that have happened that made people come out and want to protest? It's sad. It, it really is. It's and it's it's scary because I have kids. I don't have young black sons, but they're not just killing young black men. They're killing young women. So um, I come out to just see who who would who cares who will be in my corner. Who you know what type of support would I have? God forbid something like this happens to my family. Um, like I said, the negative light that it's always shined on it and the backlash that we always receive, how we can't come together, it's a lie because we are out here and we are together. Things happen, but we're here, we're together, and I feel like this, instead of showing this, they show everything else. My name is Tanya. I'm a West Side. All right, Tanya, um, what inspired you to come out? This is your first time protesting, too. This is, yeah, this is your first time. Yeah. So what inspired you to come out today? Uh, just seeing what happened on TV to George and just want to be here to support because th that was the most horrific thing I've ever seen on TV like that. I mean, outside of a movie. And I couldn't believe that it was actually happening on TV and no one did any well they did do something to help but the police officers didn't do what they should have been doing which was help him so i'm here to support what does it make you feel to be here right now i know that things haven't quite gotten started yet but what are some of the things going through your mind right now um, it just feels good to be out here to support and just feeling sad that it has to be you know it has to be this to be heard we have to go through all this to be heard Ebony, uh, we we saw so many people who who were walking downtown. Who mm -hmm. uh, people came from out of town uh, uh, just to to assemble. To as she said, this this stuff has been hard to watch. It yes. seems week after week after week, we're seeing another, or we're hearing about another. And of course, these are just the ones that we hear about. And yeah. I'm exhausted. You're exhausted. I don't know. Callers <laughs> are exhausted. Like I'm literally. Mentally exhausted every time one of these happened, and I remember when when I got the call to go to the scene of the Drejan Reed shooting. It was that I was I was actually in a bad mood because the night before I had just watched the video of Ahmaud Arbery. Yeah, and so it's yeah. just it, it, it it's so much. So the frustration is not lost upon us inside of your your radio right now. Yeah. The, we are feeling this too, and let's just continue <sighs> to let it out right now. Um, here on the air, 317-239-9696, 317-239-9696, caller online too. You're live on the air. Hey, you're live on the air. Caller. All right. All right. Caller <laughs> on line three. Caller on line three. Good morning. You are live on the air. Hi, caller. Hello. Hello. Somebody's there. 
I think we have issues just randomly today in the yeah, studio. Yeah, things- but you know what? The devil is alive. We gonna do this show. It's gonna be, you know, everything that it needs to be and we'll just continue to push through um, and do what it is that we need to do. Do we have another caller? 317-239-9696. 317-239-9696. Let me take this one right here. Let's try this again. Caller on line one. Are you there? Yes. I'm- yes. Okay. Hi. <laughs> What's Hi. what's on your mind? My name is and I have been out for the past two days for Jason Reed and for Ahmaud Aubrey, for Floyd, for everyone who has lost their lives. I have two black sons of young ages, and I don't want to be doing this in 10 to 20 years. Mm. Um, it's just a lot. You know, being outside protesting, I didn't take a part in the looting or in um, destroying our community, but one thing I do want to commend our people is for not burning our city down. We can fix windows and everything, but black lives are in a state of emergency. Yes. And for everyone saying that, you know, paying more attention to the stuff being torn down versus the lives being lost, like you were just were saying, this is going to continue to happen. It's going to happen next week. It's going to happen the week after that. So now is the time to join the movement and take a change because we've been going through this for 400 plus years. When will it stop? What else can we do? Yeah. Thank you for your call underscores a lot of the the sentiments that are there um, when it comes to the destruction of property. Like it's been said no one would endorse that or encourage that. No one that's speaking from a reasonable perspective would endorse or encourage that. But she said it right. You know, we can replace the windows and things like that. Black lives, you know, are in a state of emergency and we can't replace the people that we've lost. We can't replace these people um, who had loved ones. Drayshawn's mother is never going to get to hug him again in this physical realm. And that's something that is completely unacceptable. Uh, 317-239-9696, 317-239-9696. Let's continue to let it out. Indianapolis right now here on the Open Line Show. I'm Cameron Riddle with Ebony Chappelle. Uh, just talking about what's happening in our city and the world this weekend as the world is protesting. Indianapolis uh, is is letting out this anger and this exha- exhaustion that we have been feeling. Yeah. Let's continue the conversation on the phone lines. Line two. Good morning. You're live on the air. Good morning, sir. How you doing today, man? You know, I'm calling just want to express myself and what. I'm going through personally, I'm a young black man at the age of 25, you know, and it's just rough right now. Like our city, our country is going through it right now because it's like we we battling with each other and we also battling with the police too, you feel me? So it's like a double loss right now for us. And, you know, this way to grieve, it's our way to show our feelings in going through it, you know, but I don't condone in to turn the city up and, you know, burning stuff up and breaking windows and doing all that. It's a better way to go about getting our voice heard, but it's like, they not hearing us. They not hearing us because the steady is constantly happening. It's like the police doing whatever and getting away with it, and they only punishment is getting laid off. Mm. So, you know, that's what we out here for like some gas to be done and you know with uh little brother Sean Reed and if I'm saying his name right excuse me. Trey John Reed. Yeah. Yeah, Trey Sean Reed with him, 
it's like we stood out there for for days, for days. We were standing out there protesting, and it's like we got our voice heard a little bit because the new chief of IMPD, you know, he feel our pain because he's an African-American. So he feel our pain and what's going on, and he was basically did something, in my eyes, he did something about it by giving us a promise that IMPD officers will wear body cams mm-hmm. this summer, right? Yeah. So with that, we kind of feel like we got we got some type of justice, but it's like, dang, it's still happening. Like, the, the police out here now, they're like, I just left them downtown just walking and looking at what's going on, and our city is really going through it. Like, this the first time, really actually the second time, but first time in my generation that this didn't happen. Yeah. I didn't see this, like, I'm used to seeing this in movies, mm-hmm. and it's like, now it's actually happened to us in real life. So, you know, man, I'm just, I just want to say shout out to Indianapolis, my city. Man, I was born and raised here, you know. It's all I know. It's this city, and it's like, man, I feel bad, like, because I know what we're going through, but they don't know what we're going through. Like, we forced to live like this, you know. Like, they make it hard for people getting out of prison, First-time felons, they don't want to give them a chance to get a job. They hollering, you got to be seven years clear of a felon to get a job. Wow. They even doing that with temp services now. So if that's the case, y'all leave me no room to get employed. So now Mm -hmm. I'm forced to be out here in these streets and do certain things to provide for me and my family. Like I tell everybody, it costs to live out here. It's not free. It costs to live. So I got to provide some type of way. So they force us to live like this, and then they want to react on us like this. So, All right, you know. man. I appreciate you, and uh, be safe out there. Appreciate you calling in. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you too, man. Thank you. Shout out to Indianapolis, man. All right. Mm, and, and just to, uh, for folks who have been uh, with us this morning, you've heard um, uh, Indy 10 Black Lives Matter ask people not to go downtown today. Uh, do not assemble downtown Uh, There is not a sanctioned protest going on, but this week there will be a week of protest. Ebony and I have been uh, nonstop on top of this living and breathing it. And so I think we are all due for a vacation somehow at some point. Somehow. Your Um, your mouth to God's ears. (laughs) um, I want, uh, as Imhotep has said, and many of you you are doing this morning, um, and Imhotep, we appreciate the uh, the shout out uh, to, to follow on social media. So, Ebony... Uh, if, if folks uh, stay with us on this and follow, you can follow me on Twitter at Cameron Riddle, mm-hmm. uh, as well as Ebony, the writer on Twitter and Facebook yeah. um, and the open line show. We're getting a lot of good followers today. Um, and, and I'm telling you to go there because that's where we have, you know, pretty much anything that you've missed over the past couple of days, including me getting tear gassed. Uh, go to the WRTV um, Facebook Live from Friday night, which um, uh, has, has garnered. Thousands and thousands and thousands of views because I was right there when the first violence broke out and the windows started being knocked out at uh, Long's Bakery and the other places. This morning I was seeing Red's Barbershop where I go get my hair cut down on on, all those windows blown out. I mean, if they didn't get it Friday night, they got it last night. And and I just want to remind people that even as these protests continue um, to understand that there are so many cameras out there, there are Mm -hmm. news cameras there, I was live on television with people behind me breaking in. When to, you were tear gassed. Y- yes. Well, not wow. not only that, okay. but 
the when people were breaking in to go into Jack's Donuts and go yeah. into the UPS store, we were live on TV. Yeah. And and I'm I'm saying that to say people when you are doing these things, the police, if they want to, can subpoena Facebook as well as the news stations yeah. to get that footage to find out who is in this video to prosecute. Yeah. So I, I'm just letting you know, I know we, we get caught up in the moment and we're feeling it when we're out there. But um, there are some people who will get away with what they do. But maybe you just might not if you are if you are caught on camera, because they there are some folks who do want to come after people. So I'm just saying that to as we have this week of action, which sounds like it's coming um, to be mindful of the consequences that could happen after today based on what you do i know people are telling you to do certain things but ask that person all right when you're telling me to break this window are you going to be at court with me as well absolutely and then you think about the fact like you said you're out there doing your job and you just so happen to get tear gassed um, when when different things happen and violence breaks out i also want people to think about the lives that were lost there were three people Mm -hmm. that died last night that is you know devastating that's devastating. So when these things happen and things go to a different level, there are actual costs and consequences to that. So we absolutely have to be careful and follow the instructions of organizers. If you feel so moved to participate, follow their instructions because they are designed that way for a reason. And it is to keep people safe. And we saw that firsthand when we were down there before things took a different turn. And I know everyone is, uh, yeah. as you know, as the caller just said, feels like they're not being heard. And yeah. so um, in, in that we have put out requests to our city leaders for, for comment, uh, a statement, an update on what has been happening in our city Um, And we wanted them to come on the show this morning. We asked that request last night. We did not even get a response. But Ebony Uh has now learned that there will be a press conference from the mayor um, coming up this morning at 1115. Um, We'll see if we can carry that here on the air for you since we've asked and we wanted him to be here. Absolutely. Um, We'll we'll see about that later. But just know that that is now coming. Um, Let's continue with uh, callers uh, on the uh, phone lines 317-239-9696-317-239-9696. Caller on line one. Good morning. You're live on the air. Good morning. My name is Shakira, and I called to say, you know, everybody doing the protest and out there getting justice for the people who have um, got killed, and I understand that, but where was everybody when, you know, Mr. Floyd was getting knee did a neck, everybody mm. stood around and, you know, was recording. That's everybody's thing now to just stand around and record instead of reacting, you know, to what's going on. Everybody want to sit here and, you know, go against each other or black on black crime or even, you know, not even just black on black crime, but other races. They want to sit there and, you know, be mad at other races instead of going after the people that actually did the stuff. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Ain't nobody going after the police. There's nobody um, having so much rage. And they weren't so mad when they had, you know, put that, when the police officer put his knee in that man's neck. If they were so mad now like they are when messing up these cities, why did they stop recording and help that man save his life? They nobody sat there and saved that man like they sat there and recorded and seen what was going on. They heard him say he can't breathe, but nobody stepped in to help him. 
I've seen a video of people, I, I want to say it was a white man that was um, doing the same thing to another person. And a, another white man that was standing by actually came in and helped that man because they know that police are out here killing blacks. And black lives do matter. Thank you, Thank you so call. much for your call. Um, you know, um, I'm trying to pull up um, uh, my story that I did with a fraternal uh, fraternal order of police president mm-hmm. um, Rick Snyder um, from Friday um, because he and a number of other um, police chiefs and police departments from across the, across the country have actually spoken out about. Uh, what they think of the situation with George Floyd in Minneapolis. And even our chief of police spoke out and said uh, on Twitter that he can't, quote, justify or understand how any of that was okay. And I and that this is an this is important for listeners to understand where our police and our leaders stand, because right now anyone who is silent is pretty much complicit. And usually in these situations, we don't hear a criticism. You know, if something happens in another city, we don't usually hear the criticism, Mm -hmm. um, you know, from our local officials. It's usually, ah, you know, there's still a lot to go in the investigation. But I wanted to ask them so that in the event that something like that does happen here, what are the expectations that I, I should already know how Chief Randall Taylor thinks about a situation like that and how the police think about a situation yeah. like that. And I do know. Yeah. And you know what? It um, It is really, it's interesting to hear their perspectives on that because like you said, a lot of times you don't hear them respond negatively to what other police are doing. But the fact that police chiefs have begun to, sp- to speak out, I think is really critical and important because there is restructuring that needs to happen across the board when it comes to policing in this country. Um, You heard earlier when Jessica from Black Lives Matter was on talking about how police departments have been funded. Um, We know that there has been a growing call for implicit bias training, but not only that, but holding officers accountable when they do things like this, like what we saw in Minneapolis and so many other places um, when transparency is not there, when all of these things are happening, we absolutely need police to speak up against police that are doing the wrong thing. I think about it, you know, in any profession, you know, that you're in, if you're a person that's in that profession and you're doing the right thing and you're upholding a certain standard, you expect for the people also in that profession to be doing the same thing. And when they don't, you know that it casts a shadow over the entire scope of work. So then it creates the narrative that everybody who does this job is a terrible person. Everyone who does this job doesn't care about black people, doesn't care about brown people, doesn't care about poor people, um, is only interested in harming them that's what happens when and they love to point out a few bad apples but we we have to point them out and be real about that so here is my conversation that i have with rick snyder of the fraternal order of police this is the police union for impd i talked to him friday in the midst of everything this was actually before the protests turned violent if you go back and watch the newscast from channel six on friday which is on youtube 
uh, you'll see on the beginning and end of my story is me live down there as windows are starting to be broken. And I'm not going to play that portion on the air because I'm pretty sure there are lots of F-bombs and whatnot in the background. Um, oh, and yeah. I don't want... Um, <laughs> no FCC to smile. I do not need <laughs> to deal with the FCC. I have enough. But here is uh, the uh, conversation I had with the FOP. As a human being and as a Christian, I'm dismayed by what we have seen. As cities around the nation protest the death of George Floyd in Minneapolis, police in Indianapolis say the actions of former officer Derek Chauvin are inexcusable. Um, as an officer, I'm completely disappointed, frustrated. Uh, as I'm known for saying, I am outraged. On Twitter, Indianapolis Police Chief Randall Taylor says after 30 years in law enforcement, he cannot understand or justify the actions captured on video. Rick Snyder couldn't believe what he watched. I was yelling at my television. I was yelling, get off of him. Why are you doing that? And then yelling about, why don't you turn him on his side, step back? The things that we're trained to do. Why aren't you doing that? I can't explain that. I don't. I can't wrap my mind around what was the decision making that was occurring. Snyder is the president of the Indianapolis Fraternal Order of Police. He says kneeling on a person's neck is not in any training manual. It's not even we're not trained to do that. We're trained not to do that. Snyder says even beyond the arrest, there were a number of poor decisions made in the aftermath by Minneapolis police. The tactics and quite honestly, the lack of intervention like we saw overnight with the burning down of the police precinct and all the other property damage and loss of life. All right. So uh, I'm going to that that's the story. And I'm watching this is actually the first time that I have seen um I actually don't like to go back and watch myself as much as people might think that I do. Oh gosh, um, I think you're into that. But um, but I'm 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 watching as as the protests went on on Friday and people are going into Jack's Donuts and uh, the, I, I, the the different restaurants there and just smashing windows faces right there on TV and you know like I said I was pepper sprayed uh, and uh, it feels like um, I was pepper I got hit with pepper spray and tear gas and it feels like. Your, my eyes were burning. Um, there was pepper in my nose. And if you've ever had fireball alcohol, that that burn that you get in your throat, it feels like that. But it wow. tastes terrible. Sounds And awful. Uh, the Indianapolis Recorder tells us one of their reporters, uh, Brianna. Was, Brianna Cooper. Yeah, yeah, Brianna Cooper was also pepper sprayed. I know several yeah. others. Uh, uh, one of our reporters at WRTV, uh, Shakira Harris, was uh, pepper sprayed. That's mm-hmm. actually... Uh, I'm wearing right now, of course, you can't see it, but I'm wearing this bright yellow media tag. This was yeah. after I had my incident on TV. This was IMPD's way of trying to uh, make the media stand out a little better. So I do yeah. appreciate that because they, when, <laughs> when they saw me on Saturday, they were like, we are so sorry. This- I bet because that is, you know, it's insane for you to be, you know, trying to do your job and, and those things take place. But, you know, I guess it's one of those occupational hazards. Mm-hmm. Um, I did not get pepper sprayed, but I drove through a cloud of pepper spray with our program director, Karen Vaughn. And even then, Cameron, we had to 
turn the air up on blast and try to clear out our eyes mm-hmm. and nose is burning. And then I looked over at her and this is a little levity in this heavy moment we having. But I was like, you know, my co-host yes, uh, tonight told us he took it like a G. So this little taste of pepper That's spray right. is not going to kill me. That's I was right. like, if Cam can get it in the face, like this little bit in my nose is not going to kill That's me. That's right. I took that pepper spray like a G. I ain't have no milk. None of that to soothe the pain. No, I had to take that right on TV. But uh, I don't wish that on anybody. Absolutely not. Uh, You mentioned the pepper spray, and I'm getting ready to go to the calls at 317-239-9696. When I was downtown this morning, I could not uh, even stand it um, still. I went to go. So it's still thick in the air this morning. It's still the pepper, at least from my nose. Wow. I tried to go shoot a quick video of the five guys, which is torn up, looted, Mm -hmm. and stuff everywhere. And... I'm going to upload the video to my Twitter. Follow me at Cameron Riddle. And you'll see that here in a couple of minutes. Um, And I start sneezing profusely because I'm Mm -hmm. smelling pepper still in the air. So I say that to say if you go downtown because I know everyone wants to see uh, how how it's looking. Be careful. Let's go to the phones real quick. Uh, 317-239-9696. Caller line one. You're live on the air. How y'all doing? Uh, We're good. How are you? All right. Uh, I just wanted to first and foremost. I wanted to salute your efforts for uh, even attending such an event. You know, we know historically things happen to go wrong, and those, uh, even though they for the so-called right reasons, but uh, we know things tend to go sideways in those events. So I wanted to salute you on that. Thank but, you. Uh, I, I wanted to drop this on the public because I think it's very, very important that we realize that this is historically nothing new. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so we got to. Stop sometimes wanting to segment or or take place in this secretary of violence that they are inflicting on us, not only psychologically, but physically. And we got to realize that it's certain ways that you got to go into things when you know the outcomes of. And one of the things that we are forgetting right now is that we live in one of the most racist capitalist countries that was ever generated by man on this planet. And so it'd be certain things that history has benefited us by if we go back and study and reflect on it so we will know in the future, which is what we live in right now, we will know how to go about these things. I would implore people to take this time to not only get out your emotions, but educate yourself, you know, because war is about education, y'all. It's not about emotion. It's all about education. Read the agents of repression, you know, read the art of war, you know, read Pro. read how the strategy from the other side is executed so we go better into our execution because that's what we are failing to take from these moments is the historical execution that has continually showed itself when the people conflict with the government that is not in their best interest. All it's right, man, we appreciate you. Thank no you for problem. calling in this morning. Thank you. Uh, no let's problem. let's jump uh, to another call, trying to get in as many uh, calls this morning because folks want to vent. Yeah, they do. Uh, caller online too. Good morning. You're live on the air. Hello. Hello, caller. Hey. Yes, you're live on the air. Good morning. Are you there? I can hear you. Hello? Yes, you. Okay, great. (laughs) Hi, everybody. Hello. (laughs) Um, Man, I got a lot to say, so I'll be fairly quick. Um, My name is Troy. Um, I am originally from Indianapolis. But here's the thing. There's a couple of things. One, um, I think a lot of older people, um, at least in the black community, are very frustrated 
um, with younger people, saying things like we don't understand, things like that, right? Um, and my sentiment there um, is okay, but I also think there's a tad bit of envy because they had a chance to do what is happening um, and didn't, and didn't, right? In other instances, they just simply didn't. I'm not talking about the looting. I'm talking about the protesting, right? Like, it's happening across the world. Um, people are coming together um, because people are tired. Um, I also think it's good to keep in mind that we are in the middle of a pandemic, and there are over 40-something million people who are unemployed. That's a lot of people who don't have nothing to lose right now. It's people a lot going on. Absolutely. Tired. Yes. Like, they have nothing to lose right now. Nothing. Yeah. Going to jail is not going to be, I mean, you know, it's not going to be that big a deal to some people. Losing their lives at this point is not going to be that big a deal. If it means, like uh, one of the ladies said earlier, um, in the call, if it means that in 10 or 15 years, their own sons don't have to go through this. Mm. Um, and I also think, you know, like what the previous gentleman just said about uh, the fact that like a lot of this is ingrained, right? So just pure education will tell you that a lot of things were created uh, systems in any, in any, and any entity are just created for a purpose, right? And so educating yourself on that. And I think this gives us an opportunity to learn the law, yeah. right? So, and learn yeah. our rights. Thank you so much for your Thank call. You. Thank you. Yeah, lots of important points um, brought up about the history, the history of of injustice and where, how people are feeling right now, just overwhelmed and, and drained. And there's a spirit of hopelessness um, Cameron, you were mentioning earlier about what downtown still looks looks like at this moment. So many businesses have been impacted. One um, Mikado restaurant um, downtown um, is an Asian family owned restaurant. It's been around for over 20 years. Um, they are downtown cleaning up their restaurant right now. And this is a message that I just got from Catherine Chi, who is a member of that family. Um, Black Lives Matter. We support the movement. We're heartbroken for our family, which includes our staff. This is our second home. We've been here for 23 years and we're overwhelmed by the damages, but we're taking one thing at a time. Today marks the end of Asian Pacific American Heritage Month, and we are here because of the work that the black community has done throughout history. So just wanted to share that um, from a business owner of Mikado Restaurant downtown um, that is right now at this moment cleaning up um, the destruction from what happened yesterday. And, you know, the thing about this is, you know, that's a minority owned business and you have yeah. so many small businesses downtown who were just coming about to open. Some either opened last week or the week before c- as we reopen. Remember, we're still in a pandemic. <laughs> still in a pandemic. Coronavirus <laughs> is still there and we're yeah. not opening up because um, because it's safer. We're opening up because people got tired of sitting in the house and they want to make money. So know that the threat is still real. With that yeah. said, on Monday, barbershops were going to open. And uh, as I mentioned, Red's Barbershop, which is a nice, uh, has a real old school feel barbershop downtown. has been smashed and busted up. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, one of our black owned businesses, um, uh, Michael Soul Michael Kitchen. Michael Soul Kitchen, that's a big partner with the station. Mm-hmm. They yeah. uh, is, um, And they've been feeding people free meals throughout the coronavirus pandemic. And um, the woman who owns that now um, is, is going to have to. 
uh, is cleaning up because because yeah. that place w- was was busted up and I, you know you know the frustration you know the anger but as the sun comes up today we are seeing the aftermath and some of its physical damage and other parts of it is still uh, a concern that they're not being heard as we wait for a response from our city leaders as we get yeah. ready to wrap up the show we're told uh, that the mayor is going to be having a press conference this morning at eleven fifteen. Yeah, that's what we are hearing. Um, it'll be really, really interesting. We heard from um, IMPD Chief Randall Taylor last night doing a um, pretty brief press conference um, following a lot of the aftermath around midnight. Um, it'll be interesting to hear what the mayor has to say today. Um, this is a city that is... Um, frankly in mourning at this point um, because of all of the different layers of things that are going on. So this is not uh, a conversation that will end. Um, It is a conversation that will continue. We will continue to cover it and we will continue to give the city a platform here to speak their mind each and every Sunday. Um, It is our honor and our pleasure to come in and do that for you all. Uh, I'm just exhausted. I know you are. I'm <laughs> tired too. But uh, we we got to keep fighting, uh, yeah. and, and we'll we'll keep fighting to inform you on uh, what's happening in in the city. As I said, uh, Mayor Joe Hogsett, uh, we invited him on the show last night, didn't get a response, but we have now been told uh, the mayor will be speaking this morning, addressing the city on what happened overnight, and I suppose what happens next. It was also mentioned, Ebony. From Black Lives Matter to not assemble. Do not yes. go downtown. This is from the organizers, not the city. Do not go downtown to protest today. They say that there is a week of action coming. So stay tuned and be safe. Absolutely. Thank you all so much um, for tuning in. If you miss any part of the show, um, it will be on our websites, uh, Apple SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Open Line Show um, to stay connected to everything that is going on. Ebony Chappelle here. And I'm Cameron Riddle. I will see you tomorrow for the news on RTV6 and right back here on Hot 96.3 tomorrow. Be safe, be sane, and be sanitized. Have a good day. Peace. Peace.